Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. One of the areas that the enemy likes and loves to keep us in the dark is raising kids and influence the ne- influencing the next generation. We've been in this collection of talks on relationships, and we're going to discuss a topic that I truly believe is going to benefit you. I want to speak to you today from the subject for the next few moments, molding and shaping the next generation. I love it when I give the, when I give the title and I immediately see heads drop low because that means they're starting to take notes. And I'm telling you, whether you are a parent in this room or not, today's message is for you. If you have any ounce of influence over a child or a student or a brother or a sister, this message is for you today. Come on, nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, it's for me and it's for you. All right, let's go. Let's go just dive in head first. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse 5. Everybody say, I'm glad I came to church today. I love that. It makes me feel really good. <laughs> Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse 5, says this, He was still speaking when a bright cloud overshadowed them. Then a voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my son, with whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, this particular passage of Scripture is something that God the Father spoke over his son. Who was the voice? That was God. Who is he speaking about? His own Son, this particular passage is something that God the Father spoke over his son, not once, but twice. The first time was right after, if you remember from vacation Bible school or Sunday school, you'll remember that the first time that he spoke those words was right after John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And then the next time he said the exact same thing, exact same words that we just read in Matthew 17. And which I want to point out that this is a key principle to parenting. This is not going to be on the screen, but I want you to write this down. This is a key principle. Matter of fact, it's more than just uh, uh, for, for parenting. This is a principle for your life, okay? It's one word. It starts with a C, and it's this, consistency. Just, just back, to, back to parents. Just being consistent with your kids. Let me say it this way. When inconsistency is present, so is your... So is your inability to maintain control. So if you, and that, that was a word that, that as, when I was in corporate America as in management for a call center, it's what my senior manager put in me. She says, Bradley, just be consistent. If you'll be consistent, if you'll be consistent, your, your job and everything, sure, you're going to have employees, you're going to have people, you're going to have things that challenge you, but if you'll be consistent, people want to know, will you bend a little bit? If you bend, then you're, you're, breaking what you're, you're, you're breaking who you are. You're breaking what you're supposed to be. Hello, parents. When they allow you to put, I'm not saying you got to be a strict tail, head, I got to be careful. <laughs> You, you, I'm not saying that you got to be mean and rude all the time, but what I am saying is if you show them that there's an inconsistency, then they know how much they can push you and push you and push you and push you. Before too long, they will be in control of the house. Hello, somebody. I know you're not going to shout me down today, but that's okay. You know it's true. I got three daughters. Two of them are here today. <laughs> I want to, but I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings today. <laughs> But sometimes, how many knows that if you're, not, if you're not living by the word, the word does offend you. But I don't want you to be one of those that have the hot neon shirt on the back, that's the light on the back of your shirt that walks out and says, I'm offended, I'm offended, I'm offended. What you need to say is, I'm not perfect, but I'm changing, I'm changing, I'm changing. I'm inconsistent, but I'm going to get consistent, consistent, consistent. I'm telling you, that, listen, I, could, I could close this thing down right here and I gave, you enough, I gave you enough ammunition to change the dynamics in your house right there. For any parent, I gave you enough ammunition right there. If you would just be consistent in your parenting, if husbands, if you'll be consistent in telling and expressing, I'm going back to a couple weeks ago, and expressing love and affection to your spouse, it will change the dynamics in your home. Somebody said, I thought we already talked about marriage. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about how bad they are. Well, I also got to tell you, they are a direct reflection of you. 
That's later in my notes. I just wanted to test it and see how far I could push just a little bit. I think, I think, I can, I think I'll do okay. Listen, just being consistent. The second thing that I want to point out about just that little, that verse is that, is that, that he did it publicly. I'm talking to parents now. Both times God spoke over Jesus publicly. Jesus knows who he is. He doesn't need, he doesn't need, he didn't need God the Father to tell him that he's the, he's the, he's the man. Right? Because he was perfect. But how many knows we're imperfect? And we need, our, our kids need to know. They need to know we're proud of them. In a public forum, they need to understand they are not an embarrassment. I feel the anointing of the Lord up in here today. Or as dad would say, I feel this. What did he say? Spirit of the Lord is here. Listen, your child not only needs to hear affirmation and love from you, from you, yes, they do, but they also need to hear it publicly. I'm telling you, I'm giving you stuff that when you leave here today, you, you can, if you apply it, you can change the dynamics in your house today. They're back there learning and studying God's word at their level. We're in here studying and learning it at our level. But I'm telling you, they're gonna, they're, if you will take, unpack this in your house, pack it all back up, take it home and unpack, you're going to see a difference in your house. I'm telling you. I struggled all week with this message, this one. You can have jokes and talk about, you know, marriage and things that happen in the marriage and all that. But when you start talking about their people's kids, it's a cutthroat conversation. If you don't like what I say, my, I, I can have some scars right up here. You know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit put this on me. He said, you need help. And so I came today to tell you, we need help. Whether you're a parent today or not, whether your kids are, are 5, 55, or 105, we still need help. And you still have an impact on your kids. God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, whom I love and who I'm well pleased. In today's talk, I want to give you three I want to give you three things that every child needs. Every child needs. And again, if your child is 45, they still need it. Hello, somebody. Caitlin, already ha- they, Caitlin and Tyler have their family, but there's, there's things. They need to see how we're handling pressure. They need to see how we're handling life. This message is going to help you. Listen, if you've got any ounce of influence over a child or a student, whether you're a teacher, an administrator, a bus driver, a coach, an aunt, an uncle, a big brother or sister, I'm telling you, this message is for you. How many of you in the room today have kids? Okay. How many remember <laughs> the toddler stage? <laughs> Not the response I thought I was going to get. I was giving you a moment to like be set free. <laughs> because I'm going to be honest, the toddler stage, I don't care who you are. <laughs> The, the, toddler, the toddler stage is the stage of life that tests your faith more than any other stage of life. Yeah. Okay. It was Jerry Seinfeld who said, the great philosopher Jerry Seinfeld said this, having a toddler is like having a blender on full blast with no top on it. <laughs> it's the truth. Y'all know a blender, you got that, that medium, I mean low, medium, and high button. From the time the toddler wakes up, it's power high and it's like everything's just going everywhere i should have brought some i, sh- I should have brought some i could have brought some really cool uh props today and and demonstrated what i know happens in your house if you have a toddler where everything just goes everywhere it doesn't matter if they're eating playing just simply watching barney on the tv there's stuff going everywhere come on somebody if they're laying on the couch they they look so sweet and innocent but within 45 minutes every every blanket every cushion is where it's in the floor right it looked like they got in a fight but there ain't nobody in the room but them how many of you have toddlers right now father we just bless we bless them right now in the name of jesus the rest of y'all are laughing because you know what's happening in their house something else that i want you to know about god is this because first of all you're not here today to hear jokes from me you're here to find out what god thinks about you how you parent and how you influence the next generation hello something else you need to know about god is god is pro-family he's a pro-family god in the very beginning he made man and all of the animals and he said what it is not 
It is not good for man to be alone. So he put man to sleep, popped out a rib, made woman, whoa, man, woman, right? And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. So what is that saying? That God is a, he is a pro-family God. God is for family. It's why the enemy is working overtime to destroy the family. Any area of your life where you're feeling pressed, unless it's an area that, that is outside of God's perfect will and plan for your life, but if it's an area that, that you're trying to pursue and you're just constantly hit, it's because God wants that for your life. He's trying to give you that, and the enemy's trying to take that away. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. The enemy's trying to take it away, and what God has given us is the tools to push back the darkness. So God is for family. Listen, whether you, th- this is why this message is for you even if you don't have kids. Because there's an old saying from back in the days is it takes a village. I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up, I was born in 75, so a lot of my wonder years were in the 80s. And I don't know how it happened in you, your, your, your neck of the woods or your neighborhood, but if I went to a friend's house and B started, you know, doing stuff I know I wasn't supposed to at somebody else's house, I learned real quick that timeout can happen in that house just like it happens at my house down the street. And it didn't matter if the man and the woman in the house were my parents or not. I needed to get to a corner ASAP. Hello? I said it takes a village. And the way my dad worked, the way, the way Dennis Weber worked, was if you get in trouble at the schoolhouse, the same consequence you had there, the same consequence you're going to get when you get home. Woo! The only problem is I could prepare for it, see, because I knew if I got a paddle in the school and they caught me off guard, I could get home, put about three layers on, three or four layers on, <laughs> until dad wised up and said, drop them. <laughs> Listen, he's a God for the family, and it takes a village. Something else I want you to know about God is this. He's a multi-generational God. I love this. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is what I mean. What God does and how he works in your life is not just for you. Let me say that again. When you come in here and, you, and, and start applying God's word and he reveals some things in your life, the changes aren't just for you and yours. He's a multi-generational God. Romans 15.1 is one of my most favorite verses in all of recorded scripture. In the message translation, it says this, that strength is for service, not status. See, what God does in you shouldn't end with you. What God does in you should not end with you. Hear me. We're going to go through tough seasons. You're going to go through some tough seasons. The good news is you've already been through some and you're still here to tell, to tell about it. Listen, you cannot, we cannot give up and throw in the towel and give up just because, because there is, listen, why? Because there's a generation that needs us. There's a generation that needs your faith. There's a passage in Hebrews, and, and I can't remember exactly where it is, but it, it's, it talks about the faith of Moses and the faith of Noah, that their faith is even incomplete without our faith because what happened in their life we're still talking about it. I don't know what just happened right there that was that was strange but what happened in their life we're still talking about it today we're still learning from their mistakes did you realize that a lot of what happens in the scripture wasn't about perfect people it was in it's about imperfect people and we can learn a lot from imperfect people. That's what God chooses to use. That's why he chooses to use me. I'm still confused as to why I'm standing here in front of you today. So, oh, oh my gosh, this is so good. Do y'all know, have you ever heard of Pastor Judah Smith? Let me challenge you and encourage you to look up Judah Smith. He is, uh, he, his father was um, Dr. Wendell Smith uh, in, I believe, Seattle, Washington. And um, his dad had a, a very large church. In that area, a multi-site church, um, and, and Judah was his son, and he was the youth pastor for many, 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 many years. And then um, years later, Dr. Wendell was diagnosed with cancer, so they did a transition of ministry, and Judah is one of the most phenomenal communicators of God's word I have ever heard. 
So I, I, I encourage you to, 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 to find his material. But his dad said this about multi-generational God. He said, what God does in your life, he will never do in your lifetime. He will do it in your lifeline. Let me say that again. Gosh. And I'm seeing this to be true in my life. Those of you that were with dad for years, what God promised dad, dad didn't even see the extent of it. And so this is what he said. What God does in your life, he will never do in your lifetime. He will do it in your lifeline. So what does every child need from us? Here's the first one. They need you and I to be the example. Be the example. Listen, parents are constantly shaping the reality of their children. Listen, your child's view of life, their view of God, their view of themselves is formed by what they see in you. Remember what I said. It's more than DNA. It's, 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 it actually has a lot to do with what you're presenting before their eyes. What Amy and I do, how we live, how we handle problems, how we serve God is shaping the reality for our girls. Whether or not we put ministry first before our family will also shape the reality of how they see God. What we pass on to our kids is more than DNA. Sure, Ansley Grace has traits that are absolutely (laughs) like Weber and Whaley line, lineage, if that's what, no doubt. But there are definitely traits that have also been passed down. But the reality is she is way more a product of her environment than her family tree. And so are you. I'm this way because that's just what was in in my family tree. No, that was you're you're you are a you are a product of the environment that you lived in and you were brought up in in your most vulnerable moments. The problem isn't the family tree. The problem is what you saw. How you handle your finances, how you handle your kids today is usually a carbon copy of how you saw it growing up. Children are forming their opinions, their emotions, and their worldview and view of God based on what they're seeing in the home. I say this all the time. If your kids treat church as optional, don't be surprised when they grow up and see God as unnecessary. Yeah, if your kids see you treat church as optional, don't be surprised when they grow up and see God as unnecessary. It's more than DNA. Our kids don't just look like us. (laughs) They don't just look like us, they act like us. Those of you who are parents, we can't just be committed to feeding and clothing our kids. Those of you who are newly married with conversations about kids, right? You've got to be more, you've got to be just as committed about their spiritual, the spiritual values as you are feeding and clothing them. Even if your kids are grown and have families, 40-year-old kids, I'm, 40, I'm 47 and I'm still, a, I'm still a kid. 47-year-old kids still need affirmation from their parents. I, I longed more than anything in these days of transition I, I'm just going to be vulnerable. I long more than anything to hear my dad say, Bradley Wayne, Buck, Buckeye, Buckshot, all those things. I'm proud of you. I'm 47. We, your child, no matter how old they are, they still need affirmation. Let me, what am I saying? Here it is. Values are, are more caught than they are taught. You can sit down and tell your kid this is how they should live, but if you're living the exact opposite, <laughs> hello. It's more than just a 30-minute pep talk about lifestyle. It's more than having dinner together as a family. That it's more, excuse me, it's more about having dinner together as a family than it is having the right conversations at the dinner table. Let's just be honest. Some of us are, are socially um, challenged or awkward. Like, we, we don't, we're introverts, you know what I'm saying? And, and so we'd rather just go, let's just fix our place and go sit down in front of the TV and let the TV tell us, you know, how we're supposed to parent our kids. Instead of actually having, a, having dinner at the, at the dinner table together. It's more about taking family trips than it is having the, the Pinterest perfect vacation. It's more about actually getting in the car and going somewhere. 
They, they came in, uh, uh, Tyler and Caitlin and Tegan came in on, on, on Friday, and what were our plans? Our plans, our big plans? Not to have a plan. Because we live our whole lives by plans. And so we, we just, man, laid around, took naps on the couch, hung out in the pool, and then yesterday afternoon, in between rain showers, we ran over to, to Williston to Flamingo Freeze and just, just, and, and just put some sweet ice cream in us, like... It was just about doing something together. It don't have to be Pinterest perfect. Just spend time together as a family. I hope this is helping somebody. Because I'm telling you. Thank you. Now, now, now don't, this, this, let, me just, let me just say this. Don't leave here today with an unhealthy pressure to be the perfect parent. Because you're not going to be the perfect parent. There's only one perfect parent. God. And he, and he showed us how to do it. Love in spite of them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. Here's all you got to do. Love Jesus and love people. Hang out with people who love Jesus and who love people. The greatest gift that you can give your kids is, a healthy, is healthy relationships. Let them see healthy relationships. We have, we have, done, we have tried so hard to protect our girls as they were growing up, we were very cautious about who, who came into our home because we don't know the environment they came from and, and what they're bringing into our home. Hello. And we didn't just let them go to everybody's house. And we didn't just let other adults come hang out with us who were, that can have an impression and an impact on our kids. It's the, it's the, somebody said, well, that's the little stuff. No, it's the big stuff. That, like, that's huge. Okay, everybody tighten your seatbelt. Okay, this, this part, I, I, I asked God many times, can I leave this part of the message out? One area that we've got to set the example in and be consistent with is disciplining our kids. I don't know how you feel about discipline. This is not up for discussion or debate. I'm just going to give you what the Word of God says. It is found in Proverbs 13, verse 24, and the NLT says this, those who spare the rod... Of discipline, hate, that is a strong word, hate their children. Those who love their children care enough about them to discipline them. I'm not talking, go out and get the twig. I'm not talking about grab the belt, grab the spoon, grab the, grab the fly swatter. I'm saying some form of discipline must be consistent or you're setting them up for failure. We, listen, we've got behavior issues in our school, not because we have a discipline issue in our schools, but because we have a discipline issue in our homes. It's called zero, zilch, none. We put it all off on the, on the, on the, on the school system. And you're not even doing it in your own home. Listen, kids, kids are so, so, so sloppy with their tongues because they're so sloppy in TikTok and Instagram and internet and YouTube and it's just, they just get to say whatever they want to. You provide, you provide the, the limits and, 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 and guardrails in your house what's permitted. You wonder where they're getting it from. If you're not teaching them, somebody somewhere is through the internet. I'm not trying to push hard. I'm not, I, I, I feel the Holy Spirit pushing, and, but I'm like, God, no, I don't want... But I'm just telling you, we, we, we got to make a change. And why, why, I told you that anything that God has ordained, the enemy wants to, 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 to take away. Is it any, should, it be any, um, should it be any surprise that, that we are limiting, even in the school system, what administration and teachers are allowed to do in, in disciplining? Man, when I was in school... Third grade, learning multiplication, I hated it. That's why, they, they, Bradley, you can go out in the hallway, and by the end of, the, by the end of this day, if you don't know your, your whatever they were, I almost said fives, and y'all been like, well, you really were a dumb kid if you don't know 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Anyway, and, and, but at the end of the day, if I didn't get them, if I couldn't come back up in front of the class and recite them, guess what? It was in the hallway, go across the hall, grab the other teacher, she's the spot, she's the witness, grab your ankles, and hope for the best. Like, that, that's how it was. Okay, let me, let me just keep moving because I'm not... It's not my opinion, it's God. He said, if you spare the rod of correction and of discipline, you hate your kid. I don't care how you look. Uh, the, 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 God is not a lie. 
Listen, studies show that great kids are a product of having, number one, parents who had rules, but they weren't extreme. Good kids, this is what studies show, good kids are a product of parents who had rules, but they weren't extreme. But they were consistent. Okay? Because I know some of y'all like, well, you said they weren't extreme, so does that mean you've been? No, no, no. We're still consistent. Okay? One of the biggest reasons for not enforcing rules is a fear of rejection from our kids. A lot of parents are just afraid of their kids. There are parents who say, I don't want to hurt them. When all, when all honesty, you're the one that's fragile. You're actually afraid of rejection, the rejection that you're going to experience. I'm just teaching. I'm just teaching. You cannot be afraid of rejection from your kids. You've got to give them the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, then step back and watch them flip out. They will get over it. Our two daughters are sitting right here today. The other one's up in Virginia. They will all three tell you. Or I'll tell you. <laughs> we, 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 we aim to, to be consistent in our home. And there were moments that they all three lost their mind. Individually. About stuff. We stepped back, watched them just have a toddler fit. In their teens now. You thought toddler was just two, and, two to four? Don't be pointing, Grace, because I... I <laughs> don't be pointing down the row. <laughs> Listen, the second thing that came out of this study that make great kids is that parents who celebrated their kids' strengths. So it's not always about the discipline. It's also about celebrating their strengths. And, and what you got to remember is the discipline is so that you can get them to, they, so they, uh, to a place where they can see their strengths. See? The discipline isn't to beat them because you got beat. And there, you, gotta, you, you need to ask God for... For help in, in that area. If you've got a temper problem, you need to, you need to check. On, check yourself before you rickety wreck yourself, right? Amen. And number three, kids came from, from homes. Uh, uh, studies show that great kids came from homes that had great marriages. Amen. Not perfect marriages, but healthy. Now, if you're single here today, raising your child on your own, first of all, let me tell you, you're not alone. God is with you. When you surrender your life to him, he is with you and he will help you. But be consistent. Okay? Listen, when, they, when, when your kids see you, they should see honor. Like, our girls should see me honoring Amy. They should not see me. I, I watch Ansley and, and, and Connor in their relationship as it's budding. Right? And I see some things that I don't like in behavior issues. I'm not responsible for Connor. I'm responsible for this one. But guess who's ultimately responsible? Me, because she learned it from us. Listen, when they see you, they should see faithfulness. When they see you, they should see loyalty. When they see you, they should see patience. (laughs) These are not areas that I I can check off and go, (laughs) I'm good at this. One of the reasons I asked God to change it, to let me, let's talk about one, something else at the end of the relationship series was because I was like, Jesus. That wasn't me using his name in vain. That was me calling out to him. <laughs> How am I to say? He's like, well, because I'm working in your life just as, just as well. They should be able to say, I see something in my parents that I want when I grow up. Okay, number two. What, what does every child need from you? Needs you to lead them spiritually. Lead them spiritually. Here's my challenge. Parent your children before you befriend them. Write this down. This is for, this is for parents who have, who have grown-up kids. Your child needs, your child does not need a friend. They need a parent. Sir, your, your teenage son does not need a homie. He's got plenty. He needs a father. Ma'am, your daughter does not need a girlfriend, a BFF. She needs a parent. I'm not saying mistreat them and be cold and harsh to them, but what I am saying is lead, lead them. Lead them. Kid, I mean, kids want boundaries. Why? Because boundaries provide security. Kids want to feel safe. I know kids that, uh, that I was a product of that. I was a product of a broken home. I know, I know kids who feel this way because I was one 
that I enjoyed going to so-and-so's house because there was more peace in their house than what was going on in my house. That's why I said it's important that when other kids from the neighborhood come over, man, it may be the only opportunity they get to just breathe without being persecuted. Just so, don't, so parent your kid. Don't befriend them. Now, if this style of parenting wasn't modeled for you when you were younger, get yourself some books. Find some counseling. I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. Because their life is at stake. And their future is in your hand. It's in your hands. Talking about leading kids spiritually. There's a story in Luke chapter 8. I'm, I'm getting ready to wind down here just a second. There's a, there's a story in Luke chapter 8 about a man by the name of, uh, J, um, I always say this name wrong, J, J, Jairus, is that right? J, Jairus, J-A-I-R-U-S. We're going to talk a little bit about Jairus. I'll just say that. If I'm not saying it to your liking, I apologize. But Jairus, we're going to talk about him a little bit next week. But in, the, in, in Luke 8, there's a story where Jesus is entering the village and he enters, and there's this man named Jairus, and he runs to Jesus, and he falls at his feet and begs Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter. Here's the principle. He brought Jesus home with him. There's so much in this story that we're going to unpack, but the, the thing that got me as I was already into next week's study was this, and I pulled it into this one, is he, he brought Jesus home with him. Church isn't something you do and something you go to. It's who you are. You are the church. You are the family of God. It just wasn't a Sunday thing. There was a spiritual connection that occurred and Jairus invited, Je when J Jairus invited Jesus to come to his home. I got to get this point out. Listen, Jairus led the moment. He led the moment. He didn't send his wife. He did it. Yeah, but she's the, she's the one that prayed. She's, she's the better. Sir, I'm talking, we've got to be the ones to lead our family. Men. We love to be the man at everything else. I could go so many places with that. We love to be the man. I'm the man. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. When the lights go out, I'm the man. On Valentine's Day, I'm the man. <laughs> your wife should never have to ask you, sir, are we going to church today? If your wife asks you that, then your house is out of balance. Kids should never have to say, Mom and Dad, are we going to church today? If they do, your house is out of balance. Listen, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. This world is crazy. And we need truth. Ma'am, sir, your kids need, need you to be, to be like, Jesus, will you come? Will you come to the house? Will you come? Open invitation all the time, Jesus. Come home with us. Help me to be the man, Jesus. That's how, it, that's how it is. I know somebody felt like, oh, he's picking on us. No. There's something spiritual about when, when something spiritual happens when, when dad takes the lead. Amen. Principle in God's word. If the father leads, the family will follow. If the mom leads, the family might follow. And sometimes students will go away to, to, to youth camps and they'll get on fire for God and they'll get saved and they'll come back. And that fire dwindles because the family doesn't follow them. The, fa the, the, the family will follow the man. Listen, the enemy is dividing our homes and stealing our young people. That's why I'm talking about this today. You say, how do I lead spiritually? This is how you do it. You pray with them. It's a lot easier to do when they're younger. Now I lay me down to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I pray the Lord. That's easy. They get a little older, you might get assaulted, okay? I'm <laughs> just saying, it's, it's, it's true. But pray with them. Pray with your kids. I'll never forget, man, we'd, you go to, go to Ohio to see my grandparents, and he was the pastor of a church, and, and every night around the living room, we all had a chair, a couch, and, and this was the stance. 
as we would pray. My grandfather and my dad. Now, do we have family devotions in our home every night? I, I have to be honest and say that we don't. And a lot of it was because I saw, I felt more of a pressure growing up. I know that it's real. But the way you demonstrate what's real is important. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? Because if it's just a ritual... Kids know it. So if it's real and you know, if, if it works, then make it real. Make it tangible. Holy Spirit's helping me right now, okay? Make it tangible. Another way of how do you lead spiritually? Pray worship, play worship music in your home. Just play it. Get it. Buy an Alexa. Buy an Echo. Hook it up to your internet and let music play. What do I do most of the time when we leave the house? Alexa, play Elevation Worship. Alexa, play the belonging company. Because I want, while I'm gone, I want the Spirit of the Lord in my house. And it changes things. There's something about this little skinny boy. When I, when, I, when I wake up in the middle of the week and she gets up before I do and she's already got some worship music playing on the little Alexa, there's something about it. I don't feel, I'm not walking into a quiet room with all the noise of, that's going on in my head. I walk into a, a room that where the presence of God is already going. I'm just telling you. She did that. I didn't do it. She's setting an atmosphere in the house. I'm talking to the ladies. And then the, the, the other thing, how to lead spiritually, bring your family to church on Sundays. Make church a priority, not an option. Okay, number three. And lastly, what does every kid need from you? They need you to express love to them. Let me read this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 says this, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him. Everybody say he was hidden. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had, had given them an unusual child. <laughs> How many got children that are unusual? Okay. Uh, I don't think that's exactly what they're talking about, but he said they saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command because the king said, I believe it was two and under, to be killed. Moses' parents had faith to see what other parents could not see in their... In, in, come on. You got to see... You gotta, you gotta see. How do I express love? You got to see it. In, you got to see something unusual in them. I'm not talking about how many, how many bubbles they can blow in one pack of gum, okay? I'm saying there's something unusual. A big part of expressing love to your child is having faith in God that you see your child in their uniqueness and what God has created them to be and celebrate that, celebrate their strengths. By faith, Amy and I raised our three girls in a way that protected them from the lies of the enemy. We did our best to hide them from certain atmospheres that could potentially harm them and mislead them. One of the perks when, when we got the invitation to come down here and move in 2014 and be a part of the ministry with you guys was that Ansley was at the age of, uh, it, it was coming in, in and through middle school. And I knew that this was a town that protected. This community is a tight-knit community. And there was no question that I wanted, I wanted her to be here. Here. It matters. It matters. It matters. Don't chase the money. We're gonna get. We're gonna move our family because of this big, big income. Whatever. If you've got kids, know that your kids are being put in that environment. Well, all you see is the dollar signs, but what you're moving them into is could be much more. How do you express love? You're extraordinary. Ains of grace. Caitlin, Taryn, you're, you're extraordinary. You're amazing. You're special. You're gifted. You're smart. You got a son. You're handsome. You're, 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 you're gifted. You're, uh, we're so proud of you. We love you. Yeah, but Pastor B, that, that's, that's not, I, I, I'm not that kind of a parent. This feels awkward. Listen, it might be awkward, but your kids need it. In closing, Matthew 17, 5. We started with it. I'm going to end with it again. Then a voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my son with whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Amen. 
Essentially, what God was saying is, you belong. And that's what every child wants to know is that I belong. There's not a person in here in marriage that doesn't want to know I belong. People want to go to a church where they feel like they belong. We put a high priority, high priority as a leadership team that if you walk in here, it doesn't matter the fragrance on your clothes. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter what your track record's been. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you live on. You belong. It sounds good to say it. it sounds real good. Promotes a church real well. But what you know is real in truth has to be demonstrated. I'm going all the way back. It has to be demonstrated. And we put a high priority at Release City that we demonstrate God's love through us for you. Your child, your children has to feel this from you, that they belong. Your niece or nephew has to feel this from you. You belong. That kid that comes over to play with your kids in the afternoon that you have influence over, they need to know they belong. God said, whom I love. He's saying today, I love you. He said, this is, this is my son and whom I love. I love you. Today he's telling you, you're mine. You're my daughter. You're my son. And I love you. You're such a gift to us. This is my son and who I'm well pleased. Hear from your heavenly father today, church, and those listening online. Your heavenly father is pleased with you. Yeah, but I'm not perfect. He's not asking you to be. He's not interested in your perfection. He's interested in your desire to be holy. What does expressing love look like? Here it is. Give your child a voice. Because they're not always going to have a voice. Well, how do you do that? Hey, we're going to go out to eat Friday night. Anza Grace, what do you want for dinner tonight? We ask her all the time. Let her have a voice. Now, if daddy wants Hannah and she says anything but Hannah, we got to negotiate. Daddy will get Hannah and daddy will get you Starbucks. <laughs> right? Give your child a voice. It, it, it places value on the inside of them. Blow your kids away this week. Moms and dads with toddlers, ask your kid. You might have to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for supper or hot dogs, if that's what they say. But just, hey, what, what, do, you, what do you want for supper tonight? Because what are we quick to do? Make our list. This is what we're going to have and then hope they like it. Well, if you don't like it, you're not leaving the table until you eat every bit of it. How many of y'all grew up from? Oh, but from this. What you didn't eat that, that night, you're going to see it again. Everybody else in the family's got something different, but you still got leftovers. There was no option. But give them a voice. Give them, give them visual attention. How did I do that? Last night, so Ansley sleeps on the couch when, because one of the other bedrooms is an office slash whatever room. And so the bed came out. So when we have company, Ansley graciously gives up her bed and Ansley sleeps on the couch with Dexter and, and uh, Cooper. And so the first night, daddy makes the that, I'm daddy, by the way. Nice to meet you. I make the best snuggle. What do they call the, the bed. The, the pallet. Thank you. See, I was the man until I couldn't even remember what I was supposed to be. I make the best pallets. Just tuck it in tight. Pull it back. I do this for Amy too, by the way. In our bed, I pull the sheets back for when I know she had a rough, rough day. I'm just giving y'all some pointers. Hello, come on, somebody. Why do I know? Because I'm the man. Anyway, and so that was the first night I did it. And then last night when we came back in and we finished up and, and it, we were all, I had fell asleep on the couch and I wake up. How many times when you wake up, you're ready to go just crawl in the bed? You don't want to like wake all the way up, right? And she says, hey, dad, will you, um, will you make my palate? I was like, no, I, it was exactly what I said. I'll go get them, and I'll lay them on the couch, and you can make it. I already showed you how to do it. She went to take a shower. When she came back out, I had already had everything. 
and got into bed myself because I'm the man. <laughs> I did the same thing for Tegan. I did the same thing for Tegan. It's called showing visual love, even when you don't want to. Because I stood in the closet, in the bathroom, pulling out that stuff, and the Holy Spirit said, go make it. And I was like, but I don't want to wake up. I did. I did. I did not want to wake all the way up. By that point, I was already awake. Give them verbal appreciation. Verbal appreciation. Tyler and Caitlin. Thank you guys for raising and taking care. He's your son, which he belongs to God, by the way. But he's our grandson. Thank you for raising him. Thank you for taking care of him. I told you that at the hospital the day he was born. Just me and you out on the, out on the sidewalk. Show verbal appreciation. And show, show them physical attention. Don't say it, Grace. I know. <laughs> Mom, Dad won't even give me a kiss. <laughs> because if it wasn't modeled for you, you have a hard time demonstrating it. That's not a that's not a cop out. Here's my message. God loves you. I'm done. This is it. I'm going to pray a prayer blessing and we're done. We're going to go home. God loves you. He thinks you're amazingly special. And all he's asking you to do today is this. Will you give this same love to your kids? To a child. A child that you influence. Those of you that are, in, that are, in, that are teachers. Miss Julie and others. You have an opportunity to show love in ways that they may never, ever hear. Give them a voice in the classroom. Oh, trust me, Pastor B, they already got one. I know, but I'm saying give them a voice. Give them visual attention. Give them verbal appreciation. And within limits, show them physical attention, affection. Can I tell you why this message was so hard for me to get to this point today? It was because it's spiritual warfare. Bottom line. Bottom line. Because the enemy doesn't want us to become better parents. And Nikki, your Heavenly Father wants you to know today that He is so proud of you. He's so proud of you. For all the reasons you know. And Aiden, slide close to your mama. Wrap your arm around her. Look at me. Aiden, you're the man. You're the man. God's hands on your life. Don't take it for granted. He's proud of you. Everybody's standing all over this room this morning. <clears throat> this message should change, can change, and will change the traje trajectory of how you parent. Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, I thank you that it is it rubs us in wrong sometimes because it reveals areas that we can do better. And so, God, we just collectively say we can do better. So, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would help us to be better parents, to be better influencers of the next generation, shaping and molding them. Father, may we not take any interaction. God, God may we not take any interaction that we have with, the, with a child for granted. And we, may we not misuse and abuse opportunities that we have. I speak blessings over your homes. I speak blessings over your lives today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. 
be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You are loved, church. For God so loved the world that he gave his, his, his son. He only had one. And he gave his son for you. That's how much he loves you. With every head bowed and every eye closed in the last 60 seconds that we have, if you're here this afternoon and you say, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. And today I just, Pastor, will you pray for me? On the count of three, just shoot your hand up. You say, I, I, want, I, want, I want to invite Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be Lord of the, my home, Lord of my decisions. One, two, three. Hands up. Yep, hands up. Let's pray this prayer loudly all together. Oh, God, I come before you today confessing I'm messed up. <laughs> and I need you. So, Father, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my parent. Be my comforter. Be my peace. I believe that your only son Jesus died for me on the cross at Calvary and I believe that he conquered sin and he conquered death and he conquered the devil and because of that I'm set free come into my heart come in today come in to stay come into my heart Lord Jesus whether or not you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you've prayed it ten hundred times you are a part of the family of God. Your old has been, is gone. Everything is new. Old things are passed away. Every decision, every bad decision, every, every idle word, anything you've spoken that you know didn't honor God has been washed in, under the blood today. And you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Today, and we're done. As soon as I say this, we're done. We're heading to the doors. Get the music ready. Go impact and change somebody's life today. Influence them. Because Christ has influenced you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We love you. God bless you. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at Release City Church. Org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.